And you're listening to the, the Independence News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, the Indies editor in chief. I'm joined today by my Indie colleague, Julia Thomas. Julia, it's great to have you joining us as a co host. Yeah, thanks so much, John. It's great to be with you and all our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. Right. And last week, New York State adopted a historic budget that raises taxes on the rich and provides assistance to millions of New Yorkers struggling to get through the pandemic. It also provides more state aid for public schools and uh, many other good things. Such a budget would have been unthinkable a few years ago, but voters have sent a wave of bold young progressives and, and socialists to Albany since 2018, and they've made their impact felt. One of those bold Young Progressives is State Senator Jessica Ramos of Queens. She's going to join us today to talk about the $212 billion budget deal that was won and also what remains to be done and how it all went down. Uh, and we're going to be joined, we expect to be joined short, shortly by uh, Senator Ramos. Uh, we understand she's uh, in, a, in a hearing and we'll be, we expect her to join us shortly. Um and uh, but Julia, this was a really a, a historic agreement, and and one of the things that was really exciting uh, to see last week, of course, was the approval of a, a first ever uh, excluded workers fund, uh, two point one billion dollars uh, dedicated to this uh, excluded workers fund. Uh, one uh, one uh, policy institute estimates that it will assist two hundred and ninety thousand workers uh, here in in New York State, and over two hundred thousand of those live in the five boroughs here in, in New York city. And, uh, and there was a, a celebration at Washington square park on, on Wednesday afternoon. It was a, a beautiful uh, afternoon. Um, I know you witnessed, witnessed that too. And that was a story you were following closely. It, um, you know, it was a really exciting time to see this kind of breakthrough happen. Yeah, absolutely. John, it's been really incredible to, to see that after the months of, activism and mobilizing and especially after the recent hunger strike of um of lawmakers but particularly of um of organizers themselves um many of whom are undocumented pushing for this fund and for um to ensure that there's federal aid for um people that have been excluded um, during the pandemic i mean it's huge this is the largest fund uh, for undocumented people um in history from the federal government and uh it's it's definitely something to celebrate and i'm looking forward to hearing um senator ramos's uh thoughts yeah, on this we, um I, we we uh, believe we have her with us it's actually it's not going to be federal funds it's going to be state funds to make up for federal funds that were denied but it, the money's all going the same place and that's great uh, Senator Ramos, are you are, uh, are you with us? I'm here. I'm here. And, and thank you for making that point, John. That's actually really critical to understanding the fund for excluded workers is that there is no federal funds being used here. I mean, we actually had some House GOP uh, uh, Congress members raise some flags that federal funding was being used to feed people who don't have documents, heaven forbid. And um, alas, they're wrong. We're not. Um, and so that is not a concern. That's exactly why it was so critical that we fought and won uh, the ability to raise taxes on our richest New Yorkers um, so that we can fund programs like these that are excluded 
from the federal from federal funding. Right. And and can you uh, uh, just to backtrack a little bit here, uh, give us a sense of the full scope of uh, what you all achieved last week uh, with, with the budget deal, but not only the ex- excluded workers fund, but uh, uh, other things that uh, were approved that, uh, you know, might not have been possible a few years ago before people like yourself showed up on the scene. Yeah, no, the budget was dramatically different this year, um, and it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what made the difference because the climate was just so different. We have many more progressive elected officials in both the state Senate and the Assembly than ever before, but also the governor is drowning in all sorts of scandals, and I think, you know, was often distracted, and that gave us the ability uh, to really make our case and he acquiesced on many fronts, including on raising taxes on some of the, uh, you know, richest among us, the, the um, income tax brackets uh, for those making over a million dollars changed. Um, and um, I'm sorry, I don't remember off of the top of my head, uh, all of the different ways that we that we're raising revenue now. But Um, You know, there were other critical changes that were made that raise a little revenue, like legalizing marijuana, like online sports betting. That's finally also happening. Uh, But in the end, um, you know, the thing the, the thing that I was the most focused on was my excluded workers bill. We were able to secure two point one billion dollars. We created two tiers, tier one and tier two, depending on your ability to uh, provide documentation uh, to prove loss of income. That'll determine what category you fall into. But people should be should start getting their paperwork together. We expect implementation over the next few months. And this is a huge economic stimulus for communities of color across the state. Not even just New York City. Almost a quarter of the money is going to Long Island and a bunch of places upstate where there's a lot of brown people. They'll be getting a lot of they'll be getting a lot of money over there, too. So this is money well spent. And I'm very thankful uh, to everyone who was involved in this fight. Yes, yes, absolutely. Congratulations on that, you know, historic, uh, the win with this excluded workers bill, um, Senator Ramos. And I wanted to ask about sort of um, the this tiered system. And um, I mean, there's also, you know, perhaps some challenges surrounding, um, you know, ensuring that um, the this relief gets to all the folks that need it. Um, can you talk about if you anticipate any challenges around um just, uh, you know, any barriers around people providing documents. Um, And there is a big difference in terms of the amount of relief that people in that first tier can receive, which is $15,600, versus those in tier two who cannot provide proof of employment prior to the pandemic um, uh, for $3,200. Can you talk about any barriers that you anticipate there? Yeah, so the so the biggest barrier right now is in implementation, right? We're still a few months away from actually implementing this program, and I'm actually starting to hear that there's some scammers out there trying to pull a fast one on our undocumented population, and I want to caution everybody against that. Um, but um, so excluded the excluded workers fund is is for people who can do three things one is they can prove their identity with their passport with a state id with an idnyc um they need to be able to prove residency 
They have to have been living in New York State prior to March 27th, 2020. And they need to be able to provide proof of loss of income. So for those who have tax ID numbers or a social security number and, and file taxes, that's easy. And the, the, the years 2018, 2019, and 2020 are critical. But uh, for others, we're actually waiting for the Department of Labor Commissioner uh, Reardon to promulgate a point system of documentation to allow for workers to to prove eligibility for this fund. So this will include hopefully things like punch cards and pay stubs and receipts from check cashing places, um, emails and text messages between employers and uh, and, 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 and the worker. Um, what we're asking the commissioner to do is to put together a system that is comparable to the burden of proof that is required in court for wage and hour violations. Um, so, so that's that's where we are with that. Um, the, so, and I want to be very clear: there is a lot of misinformation about this. It's not that fo- I've heard and uh, read reports about uh, saying that people workers will be able to get up to fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. No, there are two categories with two very flat uh, amounts of money. In the first category is for $15,600 indeed. It that means that it's less than a third of the maximum allowable award through unemployment insurance just to give people an idea. And then there's the $3,200, which is comparable to the stimulus check that everybody received. Um, And and like I said, we're going to uh, be able to uh, decide how much, uh, you know, and and, and how it is that people can can qualify for one or the other over the next few months. Um, But I'm really happy this is happening right now. It's about uh, making sure that the Department of Labor is doing their job. And I'm going to I'm going to keep on. So I'm going to stay on them like a hawk and make sure that uh, and make sure that they're doing the right thing and that they're doing it as as fast as possible. I do want to shout out the state controller and our attorney general who have been key partners here. They're going to be providing oversight of the program and making sure there isn't any fraud in any which way, uh, which is really important. So it really it really is a coming together uh, of of, you know, state power to put together this program. And remember, it's only a one-time program, right? Um, This is important because this means that we'll have $2 billion in the budget next year to do something else um, and, and, and hopefully help more, more working class people. Right. And, and one other aspect of the excluded workers fund wanted to ask about was a a group of people, I believe that was left out of the fund, which was a uh, formerly incarcerated people, I believe there there was an effort in the campaign to get them included. Um, can, can you talk about that a little bit and, and, yeah, and where sure. where things stand for those individuals? You know, we we were hoping to explicitly include incarcerated people or formerly incarcerated people, I should say, in the bill, but they're not excluded. So the bill even though it's largely being framed as help for undocumented workers, and it is for many, really isn't explicitly for un- undocumented workers. The fund is for any worker in New York State that was excluded from any federal wage replacement program, like unemployment insurance or PUA, or uh, you know, or didn't get a stimulus check, 
all of those folks, including formerly uh, uh, incarcerated people who didn't have employment history to qualify, as long as you have proof of loss of income, you too can apply for this fund. This fund is for anyone who was left out. And so they're not explicitly included, but they weren't carved out either. That's great. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Senator Ramos uh, pivoting to um, kind of, kind of the, the issue of impeachment, um, you know, of, of government Cuomo. Big pivot girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still think that governor Cuomo should be impeached over the nursing home and sexual harassment scandals he's embroiled in? And if so, how do you have a sense of how that, that looks at this time? Julia, his sins are still there. I mean, they haven't gone away. He still is being accused of sexually harassing women. In fact, more situations have come to light since we've passed the budget. Um, Unfortunately, thousands of New Yorkers still have lost their loved ones in those nursing homes because of the decisions this governor made. So, yes, I strongly believe the man... uh, does not belong in office. Um, I also recognize that he will stubbornly stay there, um, but we have to continue being strong and 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 loud and and you know asking for justice for these families for these women. Um, we need these investigations to be taken seriously. Um, so I you know I think we're going to see some renewed calls for movement and for action on that front, um, because justice has to be served, right? We, we owe it to everyone here that we, that we get to the bottom of what happened in all of these situations. And even in, in, in him trying to, you know, help his family skip the line on COVID tests and all of these things and, and, and getting a $4 million book deal. Um, you know, I just, where can I get one of those? I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I've, I've read your writing. It's probably much more deserving, John. <laughs> um, Thanks. I'll, 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 I better you, go get an agent. And you would tell our working class stories, which is much more valuable. Uh, yes. Uh, and, um, sort of, you know, on that note of sort of, uh, you know, thinking about other, uh, New York politicians, I also wanted to ask about your reaction, um, Senator Ramos to, Andrew Yang tweeting over the weekend that more law enforcement should be directed at sidewalk vendors in order to bring more business to brick and mortar stores. Yeah, over my dead body, um, I am not going to let anybody treat street vendors uh, with anything less than the dignity that they deserve. We are talking about a group of entrepreneurs who are mostly women and mostly women of color. Many of them are undocumented. Many of them are the moms, the aunts, the grandmothers of many of the girls I grew up with. Um, They are doing honest work. And it is not their fault that the city has never provided them with the infrastructure and the support that they need in order to do their jobs in the best way possible, but also hopefully aspire to an actual brick and mortar, right? Everybody's been so busy taking dark real estate money, catering to them and allowing these commercial rents to hike up, you know, making it harder for them to make ends meet. It's, 
it's really important to be informed on the issues when you run for office. And it's really important to understand how government works and how it doesn't work. You know, I and and, and I don't I, I would expect that Andrew Yang has the best intentions in you know in mind in his heart. Um but I I would suggest, you know, it's important to walk the streets, not only during the day, but also at night and talk to people who are trying to make a living and understand their hardships. Because if you're gonna be mayor, if you're gonna be actually an elected official in any capacity, you know, you need to be accurate and you need to be informed and you need to be respectful of the New York hustle. Right. And and, and speaking of uh, mayoral candidates, so we just have a, another minute or so here. Uh, but I w- wanted to ask you about Scott Stringer. He's the candidate uh, you've endorsed, and he's also uh, been endorsed by a number of other progressives, uh, Julia Salazar, uh, Jamal Bowman, uh, Alessandra Biagi. Um, he's currently uh, trailing in the polls placing in third or fourth place in most polls uh, behind Yang and uh, Eric Adams and, and Maya Wiley sometimes as well. Uh, your thoughts about uh, uh, Scott Stringer, you, you, one, you, you think he can still uh, uh, win this thing? And, and also uh, the, the, the calculations you made in, in terms of endorsing him. Obviously, there's a lot of people that uh, want to see a first woman mayor or male mayor for a little while. Can you kind of share what kind of informed your decision to uh, endorse uh, Scott Stringer? Yeah, I really appreciate this question because I'd like to see a woman mayor too. I'd certainly like to see a woman mayor who, you know, is is hopefully Latina someday, right? Someone I can identify with. But out of Could this that be you? Me? <laughs> Hold on, let me answer the first two questions. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I very much, you know, believe that Scott Stringer is the most qualified person out of this cohort of candidates. Um, and that's largely given the moment that we're living in. Um, I think that largely with any job, there are two different learning curves, right? Like you, you either know the material and don't know the job very well, or you know the job very well and the learning curve is in the material. We really can't afford to have a mayor that has a lot of learning curves here. And the situation or the dynamic rather between Albany and New York City has always played a significant role in the economic stability of our city, right? New York City can't, can't, you know, pass any taxes on its own, really, aside from property, from property tax. This is why whoever thinks that Yang is going to give you a UBI, I got a few bridges to sell you because he's not going to be able to do that exactly. So we need someone who actually understands how Albany works and who can do a good job of advocating for us up in Albany, but also, you know, making sure that they're bringing back the right resources and and, and doing the right things. Scott Stringer is uniquely positioned to do that. Um, I also really admire his work ethic and how he's been able to build a network of legislators around him. Let me tell you, the coincidence that of, of of the progressives who have endorsed Scott Stringer, it's not just that we all agree that Scott Stringer should be mayor. If you look at us closely, we're actually a network of legislators who work and have been able to pass several bills together that help working class people. Just today, I was rallying outside of the governor's office with We've Linda Rosenthal on the sweat bill. I'm sorry? We have about 30 more seconds. Oh, sorry. Okay, so yeah, I mean, j- just just earlier today, I was with Linda Rosenthal outside the governor's office 
you know, fighting for, for, uh, you know, the sweat bill to, to help on wage theft. Um, and, and I think that that's, again, why Scott is good. Scott knows the ins and outs of this city. He sends his kids to public schools. He's lived here his entire life. Um, he's done the work. And I think, you know, over the next few weeks, you're going to see us pound the pavement as a team and really get out there. I mean, I've been a little busy on the budget, but I'm a little less distracted now. So game on, baby. All righty. State Senator Jessica Ramos, it's always a pleasure to have you join us on WBAI. Good to be on always. Good to All see right. you. Thank you.